This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Scott Petrie, the co-founder and CEO of Authenticate, the creator of Silo, a secure virtual browser. Prior to Authenticate, Scott founded Postini, an email server security company acquired by Google in 2007. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Ari. How are you doing today? I'm great. I, I feel privileged to talk to you. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Authenticate. So my background is, you know, sort of uh, bouncing around various tech companies. And in, in 1999, as you mentioned, I started a company called Postini, which used uh, a novel approach to filtering and securing email systems. We built that into a very nice business. And in 2007, we were approached by Google to start integrating our technology with their nascent foray into the enterprise market, and the products worked pretty well together, and so they decided to acquire us. Well, I spent three years at Google, and I was working on some really uh, interesting projects. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to do next, what I saw was similar trends in the browser space as I, that I had seen in the email space you know, seven or eight years previously, in that there were emerging Internet standards, the applications were being used more and more, and yet those open internet standards were creating vulnerabilities inside of organizations. And so we started looking at the browser and, and how we might use some novel technologies and novel techniques as ways to secure and manage the browser to make it a more reliable asset for businesses to conduct their business. What are the security issues associated with a typical browser? It's a great question, and people sort of take it for granted when they load a web page. The standard protocols, HTTP and HTML, which are the standard protocols that every browser speaks, were designed in the 80s in a world of ASCII text. The, the technology stack was invented by a gentleman named Tim Berners-Lee, who was a researcher at a, at a physics research university in a, a organization in Switzerland, and he wanted to devise a way for researchers across academic institutions to freely share information across the uh, research networks. And that basically meant connecting to a remote server, accessing text-based documents, and, and interacting with the content. It became a big standard in that community, and then as it made its way into the commercial markets, uh, the, the standards were extended to support things like richer forms of content or executable code that might represent uh, uh, script-based processes on remote hosts, or even things like full-motion uh, interactive user experiences. And what we see today is that the browser, still using those same protocols, is now connecting to remote hosts, downloading arbitrary blobs of third-party code, and executing it in the local environment. Most of the time, it's good. It's pages that flow and render and deliver all kinds of content, but oftentimes it can also be malicious content, things like ransomware that might uh, start to encrypt files or advertising uh, uh, components that might uh, uh, redirect users to malicious sites or other forms of exploits that are just they're, 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 they're tailgating on the normal web code um, and using that standard HTTP protocol as a way to get inside of an organization beyond most normal security technologies. So how does Silo work? In simple words, we say browse the internet, but use our computer instead of yours. When a user starts a session, uh, we build a fresh virtual browser on our servers. 
That keeps 100% of the web native code out in our environment, away from the user's device and the, and the user's network. All of the web code, whether it's a movie, whether it's a graphical, uh, you know, pop-down menu or a mouse-over effect, or whether it's even, you know, script-based content that might be aggregating information services, all of that executes in our environment. And then what our servers do is we turn that web-native experience that the remote browser is viewing into a set of display data, and we encrypt that and deliver it over a secure channel down to the user. So you can think about it as kind of an interactive movie of a website while the actual execution of the code stays in our servers. What are the benefits of this virtual browser system? Well, I think the first benefit is that, you know, the, the customers outsource their surface area for export to us. Instead of uh, exposing your network, your identity, and your device to this third-party code that's floating out around the Internet, it stays in a secure container that executes in our environment. We go to great lengths to make sure that that content is rendered completely and securely, and the user can still interact with it with this uh, remote display of it. But when, when we started the company, we realized that you know, this idea of virtualization was interesting, but not necessarily sufficient to be a complete solution. The other thing that we've been doing is focused on certain policy controls that allow an administrator to determine what exactly a user can or cannot do with the browser. So today you might see a user in an organization that might have a tab open that would have a connection to something safe and benign, like a, a, a particular regional court or LexisNexis. But another tab in the local browser might be something like a Facebook or a webmail application. And if a user clicks on a particular link in webmail and the, you know, the local environment is exploited, the data that the other sites are delivering to the local environment might also be vulnerable. And so what we have the ability to do is for an administrator to determine what kinds of capabilities are authorized in a browser. Is a user allowed to go to other sites or are they not? As the user goes to those other sites, are they allowed to copy-paste data to the local environment? or upload-download data uh, between the local environment and the cloud service. And so in addition to that virtualization and that, and that isolation of the browser, we also give the administrator the ability to set policies for things like protecting the leakage of data from an organization or the protecting the inflow of things that might be uh, associated with cloud-based applications. How does this technology specifically benefit the legal industry? Well, the legal community has been really good. They were early adopters of Postini technology. It was our first real successful foothold in the enterprise market. Uh, and they really responded well to the, to the premise of the, the virtual browser. Our product is called Silo. The reason for that is that you know, IT inside of law firms is under significant and increasing pressure to increase their information security uh, controls. They're being audited by their financial firms or firms that might have intellectual property that, that resides with the law firm. And those customers are starting to say, my vendors need to abide by the same sorts of security mechanisms that, that we do. And if they don't, we're not going to be able to use them as a vendor anymore. So law firms across the board are subject to increasing audit and oversight by their customers, and their customers are telling them what they can and cannot do with respect to how their users embrace Internet technologies. In some industries, it's okay to ratchet up controls, and if users get grumpy, well, they, they have to deal with it. But in law firms, 
the employees have a real say in how these assets are used. In many instances, the, the employees are the ones that own the firms. And so you create this tension between the employees and IT as one wants to ratchet up controls and uh, employees still ask for free and open access to the Internet. And with our product, what IT is able to do is actually separate the two threads of work and meet the needs of both groups. IT can lock down the browser and make sure that the local browser operating under that standard methodology is safe and secure and users can't do anything erroneous or inappropriate in that browser. But if they want to provision access to things like social media or webmail, they can provision our product, Silo, which acts like a disposable remote browser that allows them to get access to those personal resources without jeopardizing the, uh, the firm's environment. What other industries could benefit from a virtual browser? Well, legal's been early to the, to the table. Uh, we're also making pretty good inroads into the financial services community, and it's, it's obvious why. They also have sensitive data, and they're under significant regulatory requirements. But we're seeing pockets of organizations across all sectors that are using this. Anytime you have either an asset that needs to be controlled, in other words, a network that has data that's very sensitive to the firm, or people that need to go out into areas of the Internet that might not be well-regulated and wouldn't be controlled by the traditional you know, firewall rules or URL filtering, we see people embracing our product. So financial services, we have a lot of technology companies where people are using us as a browser for accessing research information or doing various uh, interaction with other people writing code out on the Internet. We have a lot of consumer brands that are using us in a fraud protection or economic analysis kind of framework, people who might be trying to exploit assets the company delivers. We're seeing early pockets across a lot of industries, and we feel, though, that the trend is the right trend, which is the browser is inherently dangerous and unmanageable, and the idea of providing a configured virtual browser allows IT to continue to embrace the web without jeopardizing their environment or their data. Where do you see the legal industry headed if it does not adopt technology of this type? Ooh, I think uh, there are really two paths. I mean, the web is dangerous, and, and, and IT needs to do something about it. They're either going to have to shut off access to the web and deal with uh, the employee community that gets dissatisfied because they can no longer balance their work-life issues the way they did previously, uh, or they can shut down access through the traditional browser and provide an escape valve using our product as a way to maintain that employee harmony. I think it's as simple as that. They're going to have to do something to increase security because the web is so inherently dangerous. Um, the protocols were not designed around security and content management, and so the trends are pretty clear in terms of exploits. I think the question for the legal community is, do you want to allow your users to continue to take advantage of the asset um, and stay healthy and happy at work? Or do you want to deal with potential morale issues by increasing your controls without providing an alternative path? This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Scott Petrie, the co-founder and CEO of Authenticate, the creator of Silo, a secure virtual browser. Scott, thanks so much. Ari, thank you for the time. I appreciate it.